Welcome back on this Tuesday morning, uh, Tuesday afternoon or Tuesday evening, depending on when you're listening to this. It's morning for us. Uh, Russ on one side, Gavin on the other. Hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, so we welcome you back, and uh, today we want to jump into 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. And I'm going to ask Gavin, if you would, to lead us in prayer, and then I will read verse 5. Let's pray. You are God, God, and there is no other. You are God, and there is none like you. And so as we come before your throne of grace, our loving Heavenly Father, uh, Almighty God, I ask that you would, um, I pray that you would keep our words uh, faithful to your word that you've given us, that we would not speak the the, uh, the leanings of our own heart, but that we would trust your word, that we would not trust our dreams as your word has said what has uh, you know, let the dreamer tell his dreams, but you have the word and what has straw in common with wheat. May we trust the wheat, the good word that you have given us, and may we proclaim it well. And Heavenly Father, I do pray also that we would not look down on anybody, that we would look up to you and offer the gospel that is able to make one wise into salvation and give people hope, even as we talk about how other religions are false. Heavenly Father, would you do that work in us? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so First uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. Gavin, as we were talking before the episode, we were talking about the exclusivity and about how um, the law of contradiction says there can't be, you know, we there we we can say the same thing and that's good but when when the truths that we're saying diverge there can't be op- opposing truths yes something cannot be true and not true in the same way at the same time yes yeah so so you can't the the the, the example that's always used is you cannot be pregnant and not pregnant at the same time in the same way you know, you cannot be alive and dead at the same time in the same way. So uh, you either is or you isn't. Right. So you can't. You, you know, l- let me use one that's a little more negotiable. Like, uh, so you can't love pizza and not love p- pizza at the same time in the same way. So, so over time, you can grow to dislike it, or in the same moment, you can say, "Oh, I love the taste, but I don't like the weight that I put on." So you've changed categories. You know, like one is that one is you're talking about the taste of it, but the other is what it does to your, you know, your waistline or something like that. But you cannot love. Uh, you cannot. Something cannot be true and not true in the same way at the same time, right? Okay, so that's the law of non-contradiction. So God cannot be this way and that way at the same time in the same way. So he cannot be, um, you, you know, he cannot be the God of the Hindu faith and the God of the Christian faith at the same time in the same way. In fact, I would say God is unchangeable. The Alpha and the Omega is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he is only, he is always, not only, he is always God. So yeah. the question is, what is God? Sorry. And so that creates a real tension or a real problem for a lot of people who view that all roads lead to the same conclusion. Right. So I, I didn't get into this the last episode, but but when we were talking about who do you say that I am, you know, who do people say that I am, probably the, the, the one that I hear most often, or at least is becoming more uh, prevalent and, and prominent in the way that we think is, well, Jesus is one way to heaven. He's a way of enlightenment. A way. a way. Yeah. Jesus is a way. He is your way of enlightenment. I have mine. Yeah. And that would be along more along the lines of the Hindu faith where, you know, they have 330 million gods in one iteration of Hinduism. There there are different 
you know, Hinduism is such a broad category. I think we were talking about this earlier that when a lawsuit was brought against it, they couldn't even define exactly what it was. It's it's there. It's just too many different ideas behind it. But but one of the ways that it's viewed is there that there are 330 million gods, which is another way of saying there are an infinite number of gods. And so you can have your Jesus, and I'll have my Vishnu or what you know whoever whoever I serve, and your God is fine for you, and mine is fine for me. But Christianity is is an inclusive religion in that it's for all people. I mean, we're, we'll maybe get into this later, but God loved the world in this way. He gave to the whole world Christ. And that is shocking that he gave a way of escape for people that have rejected him, shaken their fist at him, and rebelled against the holy God. He gives us a way, for God loved the world in that way. But it's the only way. Yeah, it's exclusive. It's inclusive for all people, available to all people, but exclusive in that there's only one God. Only one way. Yeah, there's one God, right, which is the text that, that you read. Yeah. Okay? So so what do we know if we're not creating a God? God is and always was and always will be. Who is that God? So um, I, I think maybe the easiest way to do it is just to go by some of his names. Uh, you know, there are, there are many different ways that we could walk through this, but maybe some of the names, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty. You want to cough on on the air now? <laughs> I love that. You silenced it and were quiet and lead the other way so nobody would know unless you were outed. <laughs> You're a rat. <laughs> Snitches get stitches. That's right. El Shaddai, the Lord God Almighty. So one of the things that we that we believe in is the omnipotence of God, right? That's one of his attributes. Um, El Elyon, the most high God, um, Yahweh, which nobody would pronounce and, you know, no Jew would pronounce the Tetragrammaton and we do not know really how to pronounce it. Um, but, uh, it's Yahweh. It, the, what you hear commonly is Yahweh. Um, what else? Uh, Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, my banner, Jehovah Ra'ad, the Lord, my shepherd, you know, all of these, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want like he is the providing God, uh, Jehovah Jireh. He, he provides, he supplies. Nothing is too difficult for him. Nothing is impossible with him. He is almighty. He is the most high God. There is, he is God and there is no other. Anything else you want to add? I mean, we could go on for days about the attributes we, of God. We could. The only thing I would say is if you're a member of Southgate, then you know how little I like the name Jehovah because that's not the name of God. Amen. Yeah. So as you're as you're going through yeah. that, I'm trying not to say something about it, and I oh, just do can't it. help because yeah. it, it, you know, and you know the history of that. Sure. Yeah. So it's it's just uh, it's an amalgamation of Adonai and Yahweh. They pulled the vowels in because the vowels are not included in the, the vowel original. markers of Adonai. Uh, yeah, and, and then the Germans got a hold of it because at the time of the King James writing, the the, the Germans were the theologians of the day, and they pronounced the Y sound with a J. And what we end up with is a name that is not the name of God. Right. The one, the one name we know God was not called was Jehovah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So as not you were going through that, I'm, I'm trying to bite my tongue. I, I love it, but you know, I also don't have a problem with saying that. I mean, again, we don't know exactly how to pronounce Yahweh. I mean, and so, but there, I know very, very little Hebrew, and I'll admit that it need I needed my mind to be to be kind of prompted. But Olam, um, everlasting. So El Olam. 
the yeah. everlasting God. Isn't that wonderful? Because I always thought of Olam Mills. <laughs> Sorry. And it's, what is it? That's not even what it's called. Uh, do you did, remember the photograph? Place? Olin Mills. Olin Mills. Did you Olin. get enough sleep? But it's Olam with an did, M, not an N. Did you get N. enough sleep last night? No, I didn't. Okay. No, I, I'm it's loopy. Showing. I'm yes, loopy. You All right. Are. So, um, anything else you'd like to add about God? And again, we could we could walk through the attributes of God yeah, so you touched on you, you touched more. on his you know his uh, omnipotence, his his all powerful powerful nature. He's eternal. He's all knowing, uh, all present. You know, these are all just some of the attributes of God that that you know are exclusive to the triune Godhead. Yeah, omnipotent, omniscient, all knowing, omnipotent, all powerful, omnibenevolent, all loving. Um, uh, the aseity of God, his, his he he has always and forever will exist. He is not a created being. He is the only uncreated one, the only uncontingent one. We could go on and on. So there is one God. Now, how do I know that we have the right God? Have you ever thought about that? Like, how do I know? If we said last time we were radical truth seekers, we're we that we want the truth, and who would serve a God that's not real? Right. You know. Yeah. Okay. Good word. So well, a lot I, of people serve gods that aren't real. I mean, but I but, don't want to. No, me neither. Okay. And so for me, I, I think that you know when we're talking about the triune Godhead, we're we're talking about an eternal God that stands outside of time, space, and matter, who spoke into existence all that is. We would call that being God, uh, and that was not created. He's the unmoved mover, uh, and we talked. I believe it was in yesterday's episode or the day before where we talked about the um, the watchmaker. You know, we know that when we see a watch, we know there's a watchmaker. When you see the ev- there's the evidence for God is overwhelming. I- anybody who uh, denies the evidence for God isn't looking for truth. Okay, but we're looking at First Timothy two five. So there's right. one God, one God, one okay. mediator. How how do I know that my God is the God or I hope that we covered how we can't just believe all gods are the same. So, so here's an interesting thing. God is not the name of God, right? It's, right. it's what we call the divine being and it's fine. It's good. It's yeah. fine. But Allah is not the name of God either. It's, it's what, what it, it means God, right? It's just a different word for God. And, and by the way, in, in various languages, you, you call God, God is pronounced differently or even said differently. I mean, it's a, it can be a different word. But how do we know that they're not the same God? I hope we covered that. The law, uh, you know. The law of non-contradiction. Non-contradiction. They're mutually exclusive. Yeah. So they're not the same God. No matter, and and uh, J.D. Greer has a good book on that. We don't have time to cover it right now. Um, uh, but they're not this, you, you know, even if you would go to a Muslim country and use Allah, it, it, they're, you, you, Allah is, the, uh, the Muslim Allah is not God. He's not a God. He's an idol invented. Right. And by the way, the foundation of Allah in the Islamic faith comes from, you know, I mean, the Muhammad's family operated a, a shrine with different gods that resided in it. It's no God at all. So, but how do we know that we serve the one true and living God as opposed to any other religion? I would say there are a lot of reasons. Yeah. One, <clears throat> one, we have, well, there are a lot of different reasons. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give you one of many that we could talk about. We have a, a, a Bible that has what you call an intertestamental period. It's 400 years in which God was quiet. Amos talks about it as, it, it as a famine of the word. 
And in, within those 400 years, there is a thing called the Septuagint, which is the, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, right? That was the Old Testament and the Greek translation of the Old Testament was locked in, can't change it, right? And Jesus comes along and fulfills all of it. And by the way, Jesus himself says, I've told you things so that when they happen, you believe. So fulfilled prophecy is just one of the many ways, and there are many better ways of believing the, the word of God is true, but it's one of many ways. We have a, an Old Testament that was written 400 years before Jesus came on the scene. The last of those writings were 400 years. Our nation, America, is nowhere near 400 years old, and we were riding around on horses, not space shuttles, less than 400 years ago. 400 years is a, a very big time span, right? Yep. Okay. So George Washington had wooden teeth and a wig and rode around on a horse. We have space shuttles and computers in our hands called phones that can do just about anything. We have changed a lot in far less than 400 years. You have this 400 years of intertestamental period, prophecy after prophecy, Jesus fulfills them all. That is beyond miraculous. That is divine. I mean, yes. it, it, it is miraculous, but it is the, the divinely wrought miracle uh, of that happening, right? It's a good breakdown. So, okay, so... I, I say we we have some components of our faith that no other religion shares at all. And that's just one of many. So I want to be a radical truth seeker. And when I arrive at God, the God who is, then there's another component, which is he alone gets to determine how I interact with him. And he says I need to be holy. And then I've got a problem. Because I'm not. you're not. Man, I'm a mess. You are. So okay. am I. Okay, so... I, I guess then I'm consigned to disobedience, Romans 11 we talked about. I'm consigned to consigned to righteous, the righteous requirement of the law, which is guilty and punished, right? That's, I mean, that's that my lot. to our life. need for Christ. Oh, wait, you say there's a mediator? Yeah. I haven't introduced him yet. One mediator. Well, I don't, what if, what if I want to go a different way? What if I, what if I want to work real hard and get to heaven? You want to be like Fleetwood Mac and go your own way? Yeah, you Elim can. Elimelech Isn't that what they that. said? Isn't that, isn't that what they said? You can go your own way. Yeah, Burger King. I mean, you can have it your own way. Yeah. That's what Elimelech did. Yeah. What What if I just work real hard? Sure. How, how does that going to work out? In the end, not good. Well, what if I, can I be perfect? I should be able to be perfect, right? In your own eyes. No. I, anybody that thinks they're perfect, man, I, I don't even know what to do with that. I, I have met a few people. Have you ever met somebody that thinks they're perfect? No, I haven't. I have. I haven't met anybody that arrogant. I have. I've met some people that think they're perfect yeah. and walked me through it. And I go, wow. So okay, let's get to the mediator and we'll wrap it up. Yeah. His name is Jesus. Okay. So he, he, his, uh, he is the propitiation for our sins. Yeah. The payment. He appeases God's wrath, righteous requirement. And, and we've talked about this before, but any judge that would say, you know what, I love all people, just just don't worry about it. Can you imagine if, if your family were you know, just abused or worse and, and a judge just said, you know what, I, I'm just a loving, forgiving judge. That's not a good judge. And so God is righteous and he's just, but so that he can be just and the justifier, he sent his son, the really one mediator. I really liked some things you said about John three sixteen. Let's uh, I, let me read that, and then you can kind of uh, look at the exclusivity here, um, listener. You probably know this by heart. Maybe this is the verse you learned in Sunday school that has stuck with you your whole life. Maybe your pastors preached on it. You know this verse: For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. 
And Gavin, you said some really good things. I think before we came onto the podcast, I'd like you to just kind of share some of that with, uh, with the listeners here that, uh, you pointed out. Yeah. So we were talking about, um, um, I, we didn't even get into the impetus behind today's podcast, which was a, a picture by Malcolm Brown uh, of a Buddhist monk, and it's a well-known, it's a Pulitzer Prize-winning picture, and we'll get into it some other episode. I, I really don't want to cut that short, but uh, um, it's a Malcolm Brown photo, and we were just talking about we were talking about misplaced faith, and so we went to we went to First uh, Timothy two five about the exclusivity of God in Christ. And, and, uh, without, I don't ever want pride to creep in. I want truth to be presented. So pride would creep in and go, you know, one day everybody will learn there's only one God and they'll get theirs. I, I I can't stand that mentality. I want to say that by grace, I have been saved and I want to love people enough to proclaim the gospel. Right. Amen. So then we were talking about verses that we could use to, to explain this. And I loved Russ just saying, yeah, three, John 3.16 is one of the most powerful verses in all of Scripture, but people just have gotten so familiar with it, maybe we should use something else. And I said, yeah, but how many times have you heard Christ, uh, John 3.16 preached as exclusive? So so let's look at it. Um, so uh, for God, so, and most people think so there is a magnitude of love for God loved the world this much. Well, it that's true. None of us can comprehend the love of God, but that's not what's being communicated in that word who to, which means in this way or in this manner. So the, the emphasis of John 3.16 is not the magnitude of love, the love of God, though that is immense. The, 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 the focus of John 3.16 is the provision of God in Christ Jesus. For, so, so a better translation of, in this manner, God loved the world. He gave his son. That's the inclusive part. That son was given for the salvation of the world. Now, and, and most people understand that part of it, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. Well, uh-oh, we got a problem there. How many times have you thought about John 3.16 as saying that apart from Christ, you perish? It, it's calling you to repentance and faith. Yeah. And the and and John three seventeen does you know I mean that that's a good one to read as well. It's calling you to repentance and faith in Christ Jesus, but it's a warning as well. You, apart from Christ, the entire world is not righteous. No one seeks after God. There is no one righteous. No, not one. For the wages of sin is is death, and all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So apart from Christ, the the, the natural man perishes in their sin. Yeah. It's a warning. John 3.16 is a warning. It says um, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And yet, at the end of that warning, there is the great and glorious news of believing in Christ that will save your soul. Anything else you, no, you, you I, want to cover? I, I just really appreciate that, uh, walking through that. I hadn't really focused on the exclusivity that's outlined there in John 3.16. I'm that guy that looks at the God so lovely. Like he loved us this much. Uh, and, and so I appreciate that breakdown. And that's why I wanted you to kind of walk through that because I think that's a very helpful way to look at it. It's not that God is excluding anyone from coming to faith in Christ. Not at all. It's the great invitation. It's yes. It's the best news ever told. Right. But, but I love that you have to hear the bad news first, yeah. you know, like, and I also like if, if we aren't consigned to disobedience and God says, okay, 
you don't want to accept that Adam and Eve fell in, in, in as your parents, they fell in the first sin and that's kind of passed on to you. If you don't want to accept that, then you can't accept that Jesus died and you received the blessing of Christ, right? So, so I, I acknowledge the bad news that I'm a sinner and I fell with my first parents in sin. And then I received the good news that Christ provides a way of escape, that I just believe in him with every, uh, with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength that, that he lived the perfect life that I was called to live and didn't. He died the death that I deserve and that in him I may have eternal life. For, you know, if I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, listener, thank you for uh, joining us so far this week. Uh, for the rest of the episodes this week, uh, Gavin is going to be doing some traveling, and so uh, we're going to be having some fill-ins. And uh, just know that uh, we'll be thinking about and praying about uh, your safe travels as you go to visit your mom. And uh, we'll hold down the fort here and just continue to pr uh, proclaim the glorious truths of the gospel. Listener, I encourage you to pray for Gavin as he travels and uh, continue to open your Bible and uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Until we see you tomorrow, God bless.